0: Welcome to uh, today's uh, episode of Frivolous Gravitas, where we will be frivolously examining uh, Chris's uh, unique uh, philosophical approach to life. Uh, he's taken on many of the uh, teachings and uh, lessons learned uh, through the various uh, philosophies of uh, the Buddhist uh teachers, as well as uh, uh, certain aspects of Taoism, uh, which we'll be discussing today. Uh, So uh, without further ado, I introduce with much gravitas again, uh, Chris Driver. Uh,
1: Hey, (laughs) thank you very much, Jordan. Pleasure to be here, as always. Yeah. Um, For today's discussion, I wanted to talk about Buddhism, but before we get started, I thought we should as usual, define our terms and in this instance I wanted to talk about the philosophy of Buddhism specifically, Um, not to say that the religious aspect of Buddhism isn't important or valuable or you know has teachable uh, components to it but mostly because I think pragmatically speaking Buddhism as the philosophy is just uh, it's more applicable to broader number of people. I mean, unless you're uh, unless you're following the religion, of Buddhism, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, it's not really. Um, it's not really relevant to the discussion of the philosophy to understand the differences between, the uh, the isms and religions of Buddhism. So to put that in in more Western terms, uh, or to whitewash it a bit to make it clear. It's sort of like talking about Catholicism and Apostolics and Protestants and Lutherans, like they're all Christians because they all follow Christ and um, they all have their own scriptures and Bibles and teachings and rituals and, and things like that, but, and not to say that any one of them is better or worse than the other or that they don't have things to teach, but the philosophy of Buddhism itself is separate from the religious practice of Buddhism, and I wanted to talk about the philosophy because that, to me, is what, uh, what I follow, what I subscribe to. I don't subscribe to a religious aspect of Buddhism, I subscribe to the philosophy of Buddhism. So, for you... lack of a better term, we'll call it ism, Buddhism, but it's the word of the bodhisattva that we're really talking about, and the philosophy and teaching thereof.
0: How do you um, separate those two? um Looks although like... given that it's uh famously uh taoism is separated into um you know the philosophical taoism we read that you know, read and try and understand the tao de jing and then the uh religious taoism which involves ingesting poison and becoming immortal uh which is easy to delineate because one is uh, uh a great source of wisdom the other is a great source of not being alive anymore. Uh, whereas Buddhism, it's a little less cut and dry than that. I, th-
1: I think it's sort of akin to, to talking about um, the practice. So how you practice a philosophy is sort of the way we use the word religion. But religion is generally speaking, requiring some com- some aspect of faith to it. It has a belief system in it where you have to follow a teaching because you believe in it, not because you know it's true. But Buddhism as a philosophy is seeking truth no matter where you find it. So whether you find it in Islam or in Christianity, they both have Jesus in their in their scriptures, but there is a different focus and practice to it on both ends. Right. So to talk about Buddhism like I follow Taoist Buddhism, but I follow it I, I consider myself like a principled fundamentalist of the Tao. I I follow the Tao Te Ching as, um, it's a guide for if you need to, if you don't know where to go, but the path of Buddhism is 360 degrees of freedom. You can, you can, you can reach enlightenment in any number of ways, any way that you can act or behave can get you to enlightenment event eventually, whether it's all good or all evil that you do you can still get there because everything is one, everything is circular. So there is no direct path. But what the teachings of the isms are intending to do is for people who say, okay, I want to achieve enlightenment, just as a a really simplistic way of putting it, what do I do now? All the different isms are just different ways of getting you started to start looking so that you can find the philosophy. They're, they're not the philosophy or the teaching in and of themselves. They are just the way. <laughs> they are ways to the philosophy. Right. So
0: so before, I'd like to get back into this idea of,
1: of the way or the Tao uh, or
0: um, uh, I'd like to quote someone later, but um, before we get to that, your idea that enlightenment is, um, is free and not free as in like, you know, you get it for free um but it's free as in you have the freedom to go and uh achieve it as an individual um but so this seems like a very um what do you call it uh not all religions share this um, almost democratic approach to uh betterment
1: yeah, it sort of removes the ownership of it. So like a Buddhist could be Christian because Buddhism doesn't exclude Christianity from itself. Right. But a Christian can't be Buddhist because the Christian religion excludes Buddhism from itself. Right. You can't believe in the Buddhist teachings of reincarnation and also believe in an eternal soul that is one individual, unique thing. Oh, so Buddhism fantastic is the open... mental gymnastics. <laughs> Buddhism sort of like the open, inclusive idea, uh, the ideal of the supernatural, or what we would call supernatural, but what Buddhists would call the only natural. So everything else is subnatural. Mm-hmm. Like the most natural. Um, condition for a human being is to be like curious thoughtful and pensive and loving and angry and violent and you know all of the things part of our nature right yeah the endeavor that we can impose our will and volition into the world that component of it and figuring out which way to point that energy and direction is entirely up to us to decide to do things we can choose and the choice of things is separate from the nature of things because we can choose to disobey our nature, right? People people can choose to suicide, but it's not natural to prematurely die intentionally uh, Maybe uh, well, Maybe I'm <laughs> saying simplistic simplistically just the idea the idea of what we're talking about is what I'm getting at right It's a the fact that we can make choices and other things can't, like rocks can't choose, planets can't choose, water can't choose. Right. So that 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 is sort of what we would consider supernatural, but that's entirely natural for a stream of consciousness that everything derives from.
0: So for a while I've been working under a assumption. Uh, I don't really know. I've been kind of, I don't really have any isms to attach to a lot of what I believe uh or uh uh have come to uh use as part of my ph- personal philosophy but i've been working under the assumption that all is natural uh there is no supernatural there is no subnatural. natural there is no meta natural it's just everything that is and you act as an actor within everything that is as part of it there's nothing that you can do that isn't natural um, because you are we are acting within uh, this, um, I guess, totalizing construct that is uh, the universe. Um, And we don't really have any evidence to support that there is anything other than the natural. Um, But that doesn't mean that, you know, just because if anything shows itself to be uh, a supernatural actor within, our lives and that it also would exist as part of uh the natural world um an ant is building an ant colony we build cities uh they don't seem natural but they don't because they don't look like trees but at the same time um we're acting according to the rules of the world now we still have choice but within the natural world we are we seem to be only creatures within it that do have that choice and we do need to somehow order our actions within what is and Mm -hmm. to me what you're describing is well we used to have this idea in a number of religions that sorry um you can attain a uh betterment um And a lot of these were based around um, less sophisticated understandings of what is this natural construct that we're living in. Now ours is by no means complete, but we've we've eliminated the understanding that, okay, there's, there's, there's a, there's heaven, and there's the middle kingdom, or earth, or middle earth, or whatever you want to call it, and then there's hell, and the other realms, or there's this other, Uh, Six spoked wheel of creation and karma and these don't really serve to explain it, but the things that a lot of a thought that went into thinking those up isn't just because a lot of the metaphysical constructs have been invalidated doesn't mean a lot of the wisdom that those constructs were built on is still invalidated. We still understood what it is to be human. We just didn't understand what we were human in, and uh-huh. a lot of that is geared towards. Uh, and uh, What was it? I had my notes. No nope. previous page. Uh, what uh, the Buddhists would call um, the uh, maga or the path of this eightfold, yeah, eightfold path of right action, well, which is only one of them, right speech, right resolve, but all of these are, you have to make the choice to speech speak properly, to act right, to have the right livelihood, to have the right effort, to have mindfulness and meditate, which we will get into, but, uh, and I'm also leaving out understanding and resolve, but those, even though, you know, maybe a samsaric death and rebirth isn't the way the universe works those things are still very important to us because we still act with as you said volition
1: in this universe um Uh
0: so i'm yeah go ahead
1: oh sorry from that i just i wanted to unpack a few things so what i'm talking about with with respect to not nature and choice is the reason for buddhism is our choice that's sort of what i'm getting at it's not that it's natural or unnatural but um the fact that when I say natural, it means that you could not do otherwise, whereas we can do otherwise. And that's the reason we need to think. And that's the purpose for Buddhism,
0: right? So So, okay, I see the
1: dharmas and the chakras and the six spoke wheel and like the noble truths and stuff. Those are those are guides and directions for people who need some sort of symbols to attach the concepts to the concept of having volition itself is hard to grasp without physical tangible objects that we tangible objects that we can think of and move around and place in our stage of the world so to clear that to make that a little bit clearer it's like uh, an ant can be is very altruistic it'll sacrifice itself to build a bridge so that other ants can cross it and and transport food right but an ant isn't altruistic because of its nature it is just it does that because that's what it does it it doesn't choose to do that so even though it exhibits actions of altruism and signs and symbols of it it is not the same thing as us choosing to believe one thing over another without proof or regard
0: right and i think uh would you agree that what you're getting at is that um and i kind of want to take it back to the uh democratic nature of it, is that within this choice, we have to find our own path. We can't, uh, you, like you, you, the whole idea was, maybe was, uh, that you sit down in front of the Buddha, uh, famously in um, a book by Herman Hess, you sit, the guy sits, uh, an enlightened man sits down in front of a Buddha, uh, the, 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 the titular character Siddhartha sits down in front of the Buddha, and the Buddha says, here's my wisdom, and the guy's like, But that's not my wisdom. And um, so he goes off and he experiences life. And uh, I can't recommend any this book enough. Uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hess was a great book. But essentially, uh, spoilers, um, he finds enlightenment. But he finds that each enlightenment, each individual's enlightenment has to be their own enlightenment. It can't be, you know, the Buddha's enlightened because the Buddha found his enlightenment. And his follower, um, this lovable, uh, almost uh, uh, sidekick type character, is willing to prostrate himself before the Buddha and say, no, I'm gonna, I, 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 I'm not gonna follow you either. I'm gonna follow you, or I'm gonna follow him, but I'm gonna go follow the Buddha. I'll see you around later." And Siddhartha lets him go, being, you know, he must follow his own path. But Siddhartha goes and finds his own path, and I feel like this resonated with me when I read it a lot. Is that There isn't one path to enlightenment. There isn't even six paths to enlightenment. There are infinite paths to enlightenment within the strict boundaries of the way things are because you all have, we all have to find our own truth, which is part of, you know, the natural truth or the uh, the, the full truth, uh, whatever truth you think, but we all tend to find the same answers, but the road can never be the same is kind of what I'm getting at. But the I think what you were getting at was that these scripts, these, uh, these this wisdom that was taken down by um, people who have taken the time to think about it and find their paths um, are almost signposts. Try this. Do this. Here's something that I did. Here's, a, here's something that you can find your own truth, and a lot of them are geared towards not you learning, like, you know, you go into class, and you learn this thing, no. Try this, experience that eureka moment of the flash of wisdom, and you'll find that it's not just from study, it's also from quiet contemplation. It's shower thoughts, and, you know, traffic musings, and watching the birds fly, as well mm-hmm. as deep study that you get this from, and we all come to it in different paths, at different rates, and at different times. Which is, I, I think it's, Sorry, go on.
1: Sorry, that that's a really deep way of putting it too, because I think part of part of the way that we miss um, we miss the mark when we're thinking about philosophy and philosophical treatises or inquiries of thought is um, the framing, like right from the onset, you're framing enlightenment as some goal to attain. Yeah. But That's I'm a, a desire. And yeah. Bud- Buddhism is a freedom of desire. So as soon as you want to attain freedom of desire, you're that's recursive. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to, you want to walk that road, but you don't ever want to get to the end because there is no end. As soon as you think that you know where the end is or where you're going, you, you've gone off path. That's a red flag.
0: Can we talk about desire a bit? Because that's... That's very interesting.
1: Yeah, about, it's fu- um, it's fundamental to Buddhism, like the freedom from suffering and desire.
0: Right, because you see that in the a want lot...
1: the want to be free of desire is also a desire. Right, it, it is itself, th- and that's why Buddhism's usually taught as what it's not. Like the Tao Te Ching is famously just a big long rant about what it isn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is what I love so much about it. Yeah, I uh
0: I like assigning it and watching brains just kind of go boop, boop. but um you, you mentioned desire because there is it's that catch-22 of buddhism it's like oh, i want nirvana oh then you've already failed it's like Argh. but um a lot of what because it is very natural for us as humans to desire things and i find that um when we when i point myself in a direction that is in line with Uh, I guess my own Tao, Um, then I find the endeavor in itself invigorating and I find the challenge uh, very, um, I feel alive when I'm striving towards something that is, almost seems right to desire. So I desire to start a family, I desire to, you know, do what I'm good at to the best of its ability. But I don't believe personally that a destruction of desire in itself is a bad thing. Uh, Although I would like to get into something, but I understand where it's coming from. A lot of these ancient religions, Ancient philosophies um, did have in this renunciation of the real in favor of a more uh, abstract truth. Even in, you can see this in Christianity with monasticism uh, to a very high degree. This is large similarities. Uh, you can see this in things like Jainism, uh, in um,
1: uh, I think that's exactly how they miss the mark, though, because all of the, all of those isms come out with that end goal. They say, right. follow us for this. The reason they're telling you that this is the way to be is because they have an idea. And as soon as you have that idea, it, it's wrong, because that's, that's not what the Buddha taught. So instead of seeking enlightenment as some kind of end goal or like a place to be, like heaven or hell, like that's a Western framework that we like grew up with and it's ingrained in our heads. Yeah. The philosophy is more like recognizing that we all have moments of enlightenment all the time. Yes. It's about trying to maximize the number, like in economic terms, we're maximizing the potentiality of our enlightenmentness. So in our moments when we play with our kids or when we make love to our wives or when we share a meal with somebody or when we show benevolence and you know offer donations to somebody. In, in moments of pure goodness, or pure gratitude, or pure appreciation, or just pure contentedness, not for happiness, it's not for ecstasy, or relief. That's why I find irony so funny. And most people do irony is like bad things happening. It's, it's the negative thing from what you expected to be positive. That's what makes it silly or ridiculous. Or, you know, when an unexpected um, punchline comes out that's what makes a joke funny so inherent to our nature part of our, our biology we see and recognize moments of enlightenment of lightheartedness as as um not a joy like we're jumping up and down crying and like you know yelling and screaming but yeah. that's part of it I've usually, but it's finding that joy in the simplest of things like looking at birds or grass grow yeah i
0: usually personally will say something like, there's truth here. There's an element of truth, but that's, you know, that's just me talking. I don't think anyone else has used that particular phrase, because I got to that idea of, um, there being kernels of truth, but you just kind of stumble across, and that, when you find it, it brings you, you know, it's like, oh, there's something here I need to pay attention to, and it is in the random of places. You can find it in a sunset, you can find it in a book that you don't like, you can find it uh in a conversation at bar. That. Well, yeah because they're they're encountering and they're with, just
1: purely stupid like they're just delightfully stupid <laughs> yeah
0: but they're encountering for the first time and they have that 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 clash with reality that uh is refreshing to us and uh Well, then we do that with other people, too, because if you're, if you're alone as a hermit in the woods, resigning yourself from society, which I am skeptical of, which is why I want to talk about desire, you resign yourself from society for some Christian or platonic or uh, gods or whatever tell you it's right, but like this is the path to proper action. Um, You aren't going to encounter those moments of truth as well. You're, Almost tri- trying too hard in one direction is my thought. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it's like, like still it's like trying not... to
1: describe the flow of a river by telling a molecule of water what to do. Like it, it's not wrong of a, a drop of water to hit a rock and stop flowing temporarily, or right. to be absorbed into the into the sky and then rain down again. Like that doesn't make it less part of the river or no. more part of the river for flowing down the middle as fast as possible.
0: Yes. It's
1: all just part of one system now and some of its it's system will spill over the edges and some of it will sorry go ahead
0: well no it's a good metaphor but it's but uh if we bring it back to desire to me part of being human is to desire and i don't see renunciation uh as a healthy thing to do when interacting with your, you know, your own truth, you're your following your Tao. Be, I see something as desire that you need to harness in a, a more of a stoic manner
1: than in a, uh, than in a, some nirvanic sense. Mm-hmm. So you're sort of tripping on the construct again. The construct is you must be free of desire. You must try to be free of desire. That's not the goal.
0: Right. And I, I don't. The, go-
1: the goal in a Buddhist meditation is to be free of desire in order when you're Mm. in the moment ready to expand your mind and looking for some sort of um, no influence uh, from from the world
0: yeah my conception wasn't uh it wasn't a conceptual error it
1: was a a,
0: uh scope error uh i thought we were talking about like i have become no desire and in your (laughs) being as itself and i feel like that's impossible but in the moment that can yes. happen
1: that yeah. can happen though from from regular meditation and from practice meditation it will spill over into the rest of your life so that like emergencies don't freak you out you don't panic uh, you don't yeah. you're not afraid so you can face the world with with less uh, self-consciousness and insecurity right you're not scared of being wrong or being seen as ugly or all that vanity washes away, not because you're forcing it away by actively telling people how great you are as a person. It happens as a byproduct of self-actualization from realization, from discovery. I'm
0: pointing myself in this direction because this is where I go. Um, I do, so, but if we go back to meditation, and I kind of going to segue us into there, that you, in the moment you find the point where you don't desire you're just kind of letting go of your mind as it's well for me that's kind of what it's been like i everyone will do it differently everyone will approach this in different but the purpose is the same and i feel like everyone does need to find these moments of contemplation where you just kind of let yourself go and you it is a skill that you do have to practice
1: um but but... on that same vein we do it naturally too oh yeah everybody finds a hobby everybody finds a hobby shower thoughts gardening cooking cleaning walking
0: brings you just doing your
1: job at work when you're in that zone what they call the flow yeah that's that's a that's a state of enlightenment that's uh yes what aristotle would say you're you're affecting your What do you, what do they call that? Let the flutes be played by the best flute players. The flute's essence, its purpose is to be played. So,
0: yes. Um,
1: So as a human being, when you're in the zone, when you're in the flow, or when you're doing human things that you would naturally do, those are moments of Zen. Yes. And that's where Zen teaching is really useful because it, it articulates that. Whereas the Tao doesn't articulate that kind of focus as well. But the Mahayana tradition will articulate the, um, the grand scheme of life and, and nature and seasonality. and So they all point at different aspects of Buddhism as a philosophy.
0: Right. I did come to that actually from Taoism, from the Tao Te Ching um, personally. Oh,
1: did you? Yeah, because well,
0: I, I, I read it and I was like, I wasn't thinking of like the individual koans or anything like that. I was looking at the um, specific idea of the way. Uh, which I thought was fascinating, um, way back when. Uh and I thought, okay, so you are in this world as a, you know, active body. And no, I don't want to say body and bring this to Foucault, but you are a uh-huh. uh, actor uh within the world and um you move around in it and you are built in a certain way. There's certain things that Jordan can do that Chris can't do. Uh and if we were to be put in each other's chairs, we'd we'd immediately be put in a position of chaos. When I've found and been constantly constructing a uh, a you know place of order around myself that I can uh, act from in a uh, purposeful manner along my Tao, and I have find that, and I have to re-find it every once in a while. I have to reinterpret it every once in a while, to find the path because you're kind of walking through life with blinders on you have to you know every once in a while you're gonna hit a tree because there's so many things to see and do and it just seemed like it was right but that's not a that's not how you find truth that's just this that's just life telling you there's something here to look at um Uh so when i look and your body
1: chemistry like shooting endorphins to and dopamine and stuff like that to to reassert its own
0: I was interpreting my biology as, okay, this is how I'm interacting with the structure of the universe. And I'm doing it in a way at certain times, which are, you know, putting me in a state of, happiness, contentment, and other times when I'm not. And I was like, okay, so these times is the times where I am off my path. And these times are the times when I'm on my path. And these times are the times where I have to be taking a break and meditating to, you know, chart my path. You know, and Mm -hmm. I found my own ways to do that. A lot of times when I was living in Winnipeg, I would, you know, just walk to the forks and just sit by the river and watch the water flow by. And that would just delete everything in my head for a minute or two. And eventually I would just get up. And it was useful. It grounded me. It made me, it didn't be like, oh, the power of the river showed me that I was insignificant. No, that's (laughs) bullshit. Like what it did, that's that's self-aggrandizing nonsense. Um, what it did was a little more uh, subtle, because we are subtle creatures. It put me in such a place where I could ignore the things that were on my mind, ignore the things that I thought were important. And then when I came out, I kn- the things had a new perspective on myself. And every once in a while, your brain would just go bing and be like, oh, that's what I need to do. And Uh to some extent, dreaming does this. Um, But I find that the active, uh, you have to actively do this. You can't just be like, oh, I do that in the car or do that in the shower. No, no. You have to sit down and actively do it because it's uh, the the metaphor I want to say is actually you're defragmenting your own disc. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's exactly what sleep does too and yeah. prayer and meditation and just going for walks and exercising and eating cooking yeah. like all that stuff is part of the buddhist philosophy
0: and to me you and can't sort- renounce your uh your you can't part of this is you, you you can't even renounce your 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 being as an animal you have to embrace the animal but
1: yeah and that's why there are so many isms to it though because there is no one way for everybody there right. is, is a path for everybody and everybody is going to have something that they're better at, a way that they're better at conceptualizing the metaphysical realities of nature and space and time. Right. So like no. time and sleep and consciousness are interwoven really tightly in my in my personal opinion, yeah. not as I'd part like, of a teaching or anything. I personally would like but more sleep. But <laughs> the reason I say that is because like um, the way they teach meditation most often is by watching your breathing. And the reason that you do that is because your autonomic system will make you breathe whether you think of it or not but we're also it's one of those functions of your body that you can also force. You can force yourself to breathe or stop breathing as well. So by focusing on something that you can do manually, but which takes over on its own when you let it go, what it's trying to do is get you in that space between consciousness and subconsciousness. It's trying to cram your brain into a space where it can spread itself out. Yeah. And that spreading itself out is like, it's the word that we use, enlightenment. That's sort of what we're trying to get at. It's finding... Um,
0: is the truth there?
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's finding truth beneath truth. It's not like that. this thing is true because we know it to be true. It's finding the existence of truth itself. It's the consciousness of all that is conscious.
0: Right, and a rower gets it's it. Server rolling... seeing itself. you
1: know you get it
0: you've put yourself in positions to do this you get it when you're I get it when I'm writing or when I'm uh, I'm mulling over a new concept I get it when I'm uh, practicing at the range I get it when I'm hiking
1: Um, and for me it's with music and programming like totally different from you but programming
0: is not my Zen It is (laughs) not my
1: Zen um, but the neat thing <laughs> about programming is you're encapsulating thoughts basically, right oh yeah, You've I got do actions and thoughts and then you can encapsulate one and package it up and stick it inside of itself and oh, run I like it the over result and
0: over again and I like it, but no it's I'm not
1: oh the results i don't even I don't even finish most of yeah. my programming problem. I just like to see if I can get a concept to work by manipulating the language in a way that I've never done before mm-hmm. it, it's the it's like doing a puzzle like you're not going to get, win money for doing puzzles in your spare time, right? But you do puzzles because your brain likes it. Right. The reason it likes it is because of that. It's the Zen. That's what they're getting at. Dao, flow. Right. It's and I believe figuring
0: things out from the inside. So you, you, you mentioned just now the, the, you you do it because your body likes it. I like that. And cause we are our bodies, but we have to be honest with ourselves about our bodies um, But at the same time, we have to, we can't just reason our way through every, um, every one of our problems because we, we don't have the processing power to even run our own lives barely. So we have these tools uh, that we seem to have. But I feel like meditation being one of these tools, we have to do it actively and not just, you know, passively be like, oh, this is this is my little Zen place. It's like, okay, but why are you here? You need to almost meditate on your meditation so that you can know what you're doing and you have to have that intention to find something better and be honest if you don't like the answer. And I feel like- I'm not that
1: everybody's the same that way though. I think some people can just be themselves. Like kids are really good with that. You don't have to teach a kid how to play a game. If you don't Mm -hmm. teach them any games, they will make games up. They will just invent them.
0: Oh, I think adults do it too. I think we just place
1: a lot of, uh, weird. A lot of us do. Adults. But, yeah. yeah, but it's different for everybody, but almost all kids will just play just instinctively. If they see an ant, they'll watch it and chase it and poke it. And like, they're, they're just kids yeah. are the purest form of, of Zen and Buddhism because they don't have any of the, uh, the jaded attachments of the world around them or the baggage. Uh, they don't have concepts that they're, constantly attaching meaning to like right. when, pe- when westerners are trying to learn buddhism they immediately attach it to theism because it's the closest thing to metaphysical reality that they know of that they can use to as a pivot like a stepping stone to grasp the concepts that they're they're being well, i don't want to say taught but exposed to
0: i don't want to say that that was just uh western thought that did that because humans do have a tendency to create structures like um, organized religions around philosophical concepts. Uh, some are harder than others, like Buddhism or Stoicism, uh, but some are a lot easier than others, uh, like something like uh, the wisdom that's found in Christianity, um, which there, are, there is some, some there. Um, and um, I feel like a lot of those structures end up missing the point. So you get a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you get a lot of orders that will be like, we just recite this one thing over and over and over and over again, because this is how you do it. It's like, well, that might work for a couple of you, but you're not exactly (laughs) letting You just say the same thing over, oh, I said it this many times today. I'm so much closer to enlightenment. It's like, no. There are
1: reasons they do that, (laughs) though, because the repetition, once it gets in your head, it becomes that autonomic thing. That's like your breathing, where you're trying to find that space between intentional volition and your your autonomic system. So when you repeat something like a, a mantra over and over again in a meditation, you're trying to bore yourself to death. Right. <laughs> you're There's trying to really. bore your mind into just like doing that activity that you're forcing it to do and then leaving your mind free to do everything else because it's so easy for it. Right, but I'm like... There's a purpose to normal it. But... Life.
0: <laughs>
1: like,
0: <laughs> I, maybe I'm lucky, but... Um, well,
1: that's the difference between us and most other people, though. Our ADD makes us meditate differently from other people. Well, yeah, and that's why
0: I'm saying everyone's going to approach their own uh, enlightenment differently. And I feel like a lot of these structures that we build up around, um, I guess, heuristics of wisdom and uh, and and the truths that we we can't really express in words, um, which would be more useful to be put into something like art or music, uh, are put into structures like, say, the Catholic Church or Confucianism or uh, fundamental Tibetan
1: Buddhism. I said it, whatever. But it's thanks to those (laughs) (laughs) those institutions are the reason that a lot of this information and knowledge was spread though so it it served a function it's just it's not the immediate function we wanted from it right Right. so we're sort of placing our expectation and saying well the church has done so much wrong um like they've hoarded knowledge Uh, and they they've Oppressed people, and they've molested children, and well, I don't really want to the... get into
0: that. I'm thinking more. Oh, no, I know,
1: but hear me out, though. Hear me. Oh, yeah, okay. hear me out. W- what I'm getting at is the end goal, despite what their intentions were and the actions they did. The nature of itself, the, the the metaphysical thought process, the fact that we keep thinking about this stuff, is thanks to the art and culture that surrounded the false versions of it. That helped keep it um, alive to today. So, so it's thanks to our faults that it still persists.
0: My thought is, is that people will be more liable to settle with the aesthetic of the religion and the philosophy and the wisdom, rather than the truth of it. So, you really like, you know, that monk life because you fall into the monk life, but you are just saying the words, or more recently we have, you know, you go to your yoga class and you think you're enlightened because you do yoga instead of like using that as a tool uh, to find something more about yourself. And so you settle for the aesthetic action, the aesthetic and the, the rote actions of that. And that's what the structures are built around. Now you can use those to find the
1: wisdom, but I think you're giving people a lot of credit. <laughs> no, you, I think you're putting an expectation on people that they have to go further than they go. They can go yes, just as short I will and stop. Have that
0: expectation of people.
1: Yeah, and that's that's <laughs> not wrong. That's like you. That's like you being ambitious and idealistic about humanity. You want the best of everybody, and you want everyone's potential to be to be seen yeah i'm classical but liberal the nature of letting <laughs> things go and desire and, and intentionality is letting that go some people just won't go as far and that's okay just like some drops of water don't reach the end of the waterfall that's okay they're still part of the river right they're still and there. they still contribute to the volume and the flow of water
0: they and in my light. notes i don't and i want to actually say that even though i want people to try and not settle for uh, you know some uh some non-substantive what's the opposite of substance um my brain's not finding the word consequential yeah something that is fun instead of useful whereas useful can be fun but um that's not a life wasted and i'm not in imprecating Uh, a lazy life. I'm not saying that it was a wasted life. Um, Although, because I don't want to say that, you know, a monk studying uh, a Christian faith in a monastery in Europe, spending most of his life uh, at his discipline, didn't actually waste his life, even though I don't share his faith just as uh, someone who tilled the earth and didn't care about any metaphysic or religion or politics or whatever also didn't waste their life. They lived it the way that they did and we can't really place anything on that. Although if you do harm, yes, you're wasting your life uh, <laughs> and that's kind of where I come down on that. But um, if you choose what you choose, uh, then more power to you, and that's kind of where I lie. So when I say, when I condemn and admonish people, I'm not saying that you can't just say nuts to you, but I'm saying try harder with your own life, please.
1: (laughs) Consider the monk as a drop of water, being no less part of the river, even though they've splashed up on on the side of the bank. The fact that there are monasteries and there are monks, like groups of them and many of them all over the world are Mm. places that anybody else can go to if they're so inclined to find that deeper wisdom that they have to offer. So the fact that they exist, it's an option for people to study them. Whereas if the, if these people all just went about being carpenters and plumbers and stuff there, they would certainly make more out of their lives and they'd be very productive and probably just as fulfilled, but like we would lose culture. we we would lose, we would lose part of our humanity in that sense, because like part of humanity as, as a species is all of us, all of those weird things we do.
0: No, and that's why I'm saying a plumber can find, and I believe this is probably, uh, not at odds with your belief structure as that a plumber can find his enlightenment in his plumbing. Um, and that doesn't, Just because he's decided to be someone's decided to be a carpenter or a a horse racer, some uh, park ranger doesn't mean that you're not You're not contributing to the culture. It's
1: Well, it's 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 not being a monk, though. There's not a monastery.
0: Right, you don't need a monastery, is what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> no, you don't need it. It's not about need, though. There is no end goal. The point is just to be as varied and variety as we can be.
0: Right, find your...
1: So if we're all plumbers, proper... how much variety is there? Well, it's that's the thing. Not to say well, there's anything wrong with plumbers, and certain well, people will find their joy in plumbing. Well, that's why I was critical
0: of the Catholic Church in the medieval society, is because you only have one truth and it's prescribed down from the pope and good luck you know uh
1: having any yeah that uh, to me is the problem with all religion that's mm -hmm. even a problem with institutional education like we talked about in the last episode yeah so but i mean it's still useful in its structure because it's there to guide the greatest number of people from all walks of life mm -hmm. but in the end if if you don't have an end goal in mind if you don't have like If you don't decide how the world should be, once you let that go, then you can just be content and like astonished by the amazing things that already are. You know what I mean? That's the freedom of desire. It's the appreciation of what, what just is intrinsically to itself.
0: Now, one critique, what if you are chemically incapable of finding your center? uh you have a psychological condition uh leading to anxiety uh, or some such where you are uh almost physically incapable of um attaining such a thing or how do
1: you know they don't find their center it's
0: usually pretty obvious um
1: (laughs) no it's not it's not at all obvious okay assuming uh, an end goal. And you're assuming that a center should look like this. Okay. A a nervous wreck who's spastic and needs tons of drugs or whatever. Oh, yes. If their center just looks weird to you.
0: No, I'm not saying. (sighs) Okay. First, he's (laughs) suffering and they don't enjoy their suffering. Uh, So that's just a different way. I'm sorry. Postmodernism doesn't go that far. Uh, I'm not going to call that a uh, legitimate source of enlightenment. Um, if,
1: like, you're assuming to know what an enlightenment looks like.
0: Okay. Yeah. This is just muddying
1: the waters enough that I, well, it's not though, because that's the point of it. The point is that you have to stop. You have to stop accepting a truth that is untrue. You're accepting a truth that, you know, things to be how people should be and how they should act and how they should look.
0: Well, I know that people you should. have to be, shed that. I'm very hesitant to shed the uh, idea that we should help those that are suffering and that are feeling uh, negative emotions that could not emotions, but negative sensations, uh, chronic negative sensations that can be alleviated. Uh, so, someone with a leg wound is just like I. I, I come into a hospital and i'm not going to say no you're just living your truth and and let them you know have an infection i'm not going to do that um that doesn't seem right to me
1: nor would it be right so but that's not what we're talking about
0: now what about
1: you mentioned someone's center that's different from them having a broken leg You can't push someone to a center if you're claiming you don't know where it is. And if you claim you do know where the center is, then you must be perfectly enlightened.
0: So then why are we having this conversation at all?
1: Because it's the discovery. It's the process. It's through the discussion that we each find those centers. Right. It's like having a hospital is really useful because most people who get sick can be treated in a hospital for the things that we know of. But there were hospitals for thousands or hundreds of years, at least I think the six, eight hundreds or something they started, but they had hospitals where they didn't know how to treat people, the effort that they made to try Mm
0: -hmm. did
1: help people. Now that was comforting to some people. There is wisdom
0: to be gained from a, from the more negative experiences that we have. Um, And we wouldn't gain any experience or wisdom itself from uh, without uh, pain in itself, otherwise we would already be where we would need to be, Um, but the basic tenets I'm working from is that there could exist a situation where someone, now there's pain and then there's discordant pain where you, at least I know from my center or uh, my, when I'm walking along my path properly, uh, which is something we've more defined, um, that if I'm experiencing certain uh, amounts of pain, it's going to take me off of that path and stop me dead in my tracks. Um, and- That
1: assumes you know your path though. Like you, you keep adopting the same assumption. It's like yoga, for instance. Learning mm-hmm. yoga poses is not in and of itself um, a necessity, a requirement of yoga. You don't actually have to learn that pose in that way with those fingertips pointed in that direction at this angle spread. Those are guides. The process of doing yoga wrong is still doing yoga. The process right. of praying is still meditation. And the process of meditating while you're exercising is no different. Right. So different people, some people meditate by exercising like full board. Like you, your brain loves it when you run and play soccer and stuff, right? Right. Mine loves that too. Another person's brain may love just sitting and petting a cat. And their life could just be to work a menial job because all they want to do is pay rent and pet their cat there is nothing wrong with that no as soon as you as soon as you take the goal your end goal your ideal human life aside and put and brush aside like way of doing it properly like you said before it's a tool these are all just they're specific enough to tell you what to do but they're tools like martial arts and yoga and and all the exercises and the doctrines are just right. there as now. And that's what they mean by, by giving up desire. It, it's not about not wanting things and just being wrapped in a cloak and sitting on concrete and doing nothing and loving your pain. It's nothing to do with that.
0: It's right.
1: Stop but if, require, stop making a requirement of your happiness on that
0: desire no like i'm saying my desire is a tool that i use but i'm not talking about desire i'm talking about is this a like
1: so what you were saying though about somebody else who had like a mental condition or something right something they can't fix that caused them tremendous suffering right we're not saying that suffering is okay or that you shouldn't do anything about it because that's not an enlightened perspective to do nothing about a problem. (laughs) Right. That's what what it means to put things into context.
0: Yes, but I think we're talking at cross purposes here. Um, So what I was more getting at is that, I think I'm coming at this from a very, I put this if that woman petting her cat has found her center and path by sitting there enjoying the company of her cat, and someone comes in and shoots the cat, what does she do? You've that's creating discord in her in her Zen. <laughs> because like we can't talk um, about the good without talking about the bad and i feel like a lot of these texts are only focusing on the good and not understanding the discord that uh
1: exists well i could dig into that if you want to give me a minute to sort of unwrap it yeah It, it might take a few okay so from a physical perspective the the laws of the universe fundamentally as we know e equals mc squared right Energy equals them. mass times the speed of light squared, yeah. like period. So conservation of energy must not be violated. That just is. So if energy exists and people want to talk about auras and reincarnation and how we're all pieces of life, there is a mathematical finite number of particles that were breathed in by Caesar that you are now breathing in over your lifetime. That's right. not wrong. That No, that is very literally true, because the atmosphere recycles all all of the gases in it.
0: No, I mean, like, theoretically, at any moment, I could be missing
1: one or two. <laughs> no, but in your lifetime, I, I said, know, you'll I know. catch a few. Oh, in my, yeah, yeah, in of life.
0: course. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And that's
1: an average. Some people might get none. Some people might get more. But the, the point of it is water that's sitting in the Arctic that's been there in the, trapped in the ice for millennia, it's been there since it landed here. And before the Earth was formed, it was part of the sun because all of like every atom and every atom bigger than carbon, I th- well, even carbon was formed in supernovas because like the compression of stars um, isn't enough to, to, to fuse um, carbon atoms together. They have to explode to get enough energy to create carbon atoms. Right,
0: because the core so is only car- enough to get to iron, I believe.
1: Yeah yeah because yeah, iron's too stable it doesn't go any further than that and then it compresses itself and explodes on the impact of all that force compressing down on the iron and being uncompressible
0: yeah the star is technically more compressible
1: but yeah so the fact that we are all born of stars as carl sagan said their stuff yeah it, it's it's exactly in line with um metaphysical teachings of all creed right it's agnostic to who the prophet was or when they were around or what they said energy equals mass times the speed of life squared we are part of energy you can convert your mass your physical material that makes all of you every boundary even a hundred kilometers around you if you want to be really safe and say that it's completely totaling you that's like using a limit to an extent right because mm-hmm. You you might say like the hairs on my hand grow so far and then there's the air around my hands and then there's the molecules around the air around my hand or what Fine, let's round up the size of the planet. There's no way that you're bigger than the planet So we'll just say that's the limit of your 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 corpuscular nature, right? Corporeal Corporeal nature. Yeah Corpuscular is nighttime or dusk (laughs) Oh, well, Newton used it as atomic, but anyway Oh Um,
0: Okay, I thought you said crepuscular,
1: (laughs) but I think you corporeal. Corporeal is what I wanted because it's a large body. Corpuscle is a...
0: Oh, corpuscle. Okay, I see. I thought you said crepuscle and I was like... "Mm." (laughs) Go on, sorry.
1: But the the point is there's a limit to how much your body extends out into the universe. And if you wrap that up, you can calculate how much energy you are physically out of mass. That includes all of your thoughts, all of your feelings, your past, your present, your future, because space-time is interwoven. Gravity is an effect that space-time creates as a warping. It's a manifestation of just dimensions of reality moving. And those dimensions of reality moving are all products of mass, and mass is a product of energy, okay? So the reason why I'm drilling that down is to sort of get back to what our, our discussion here, the, the philosophy and nature of all things in existence is not reducible to any one, uh, any one focal point, because it is, it's, it's ever present, it's ubiquitous. And that's exactly how they describe God in all of religions. Yeah. So it's just a way of looking at things. It's not that it's right or wrong. And the teachings are definitely not meant to be taken literal. They were maybe written to be taken literally by, because the person wanted them to be. The actual wisdom and knowledge from them, the wisdom and knowledge you get from those teachings isn't literal. Right. What's actually literal is that we are energy, all of us. It just is. That's just reality from physics how we use and manipulate that energy is what we choose to do. There is no right or wrong with it because the universe is still the universe.
0: Right. So one of the things I'm kind of getting out of this is that, um, we, uh, I'm kind of wanting to build off of what you just said here, uh, is that we kind of take reality based on our senses. And because we only have our senses, um, we, have to take reality as a summation of it so yes Carl Sagan says uh, again going back to him we say okay we're all made of star stuff yes and that's kind of where I was coming with from with my um everything is nature uh thing there um because we're all star stuff we can't we can't subtract ourselves from uh everything it, it, it makes no sense um yeah. but then he says okay but all you have all this the the these things that we've thought of and these these constructs of the way the universe works and you know all this stuff that happens uh and you get this we have this construction of uh what he would have called a demon haunted world in his book demon haunted world uh where he makes the point that reality even with all of these metaphysical you know things that we put around it is still this fantastically interesting and magical place. And he doesn't use magic as, you know, anything that's outside reality, but he uses the word to as the illicit reaction that we have when confronting something sublime. Uh, you know, you stand in front of a mountain and you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, oh. Look at some of those Hubble and Im- Hubble image uh, telescope uh, images yeah, and the you'll deep know what I'm talking. Yeah, you'll know what I'm talking about. But we have to, we can't know every uh, speck of sand on the uh, beach, you know, as in say a god or the god would, Um, but we have to take it as a beach as a whole. We digest reality through our senses into a thing that we understand and we see partially, but we see it enough to exist in it. And we have to exist on its rules uh, on its terms, but the way that we can exist properly is to find that flow. And so kind of finding your groove. So um, I guess one thing I was talking about when I was thinking about discord was you think, you imagine nature or the universe as a um, as kind of a chorus, uh, this, this vast instrumentality that's happening. And all of a sudden you're inside of it and you can flow with it because you do have your own sound within that instrumentality, but you can find your best way to sing in accord with that. And I think that's a metaphor that kind of explains where I'm coming from with that and you can find I I think you can definitely find discord with that and we know and have seen lots of people who are having trouble and and are definitely in discord and how do you know well they tell us um but then when we ourselves are encountering it we definitely know when we are in accord when we are uh, in tune when we are playing the same song that nature is playing, and we're going with it as ourself, as an individual, within this unindividualized thing, which is the universe.
1: Yeah, and yeah, sort of weird. getting back, not to say that there's anything wrong with that. What I'm getting at though is that's one scope. That that's one contact. You're assuming that you know the song that nature is playing.
0: No, I'm not actually. I assume that you are because you think
1: that death is a bad thing. You think that cat being shot would be negative just because we're sad about it. doesn't mean that it's actually the universe saying like it's negative. I would rather not die. We can be sad. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Rather is, that's part of our nature though. Right. Our nature to want to procreate and subsist and and to continue surviving. And while we survive, we might as well figure out all this other stuff on the side. But to say there's a proper way for nature is a contradiction of terms. Because no, not existing I'm saying, is just as natural as existing.
0: No, I'm saying not proper, but I'm saying it's, it's doing its own thing regardless of what we do. And being part of it, we have to figure out who we are and f- do our own thing with regard to
1: it. But it's that injection of perspective that makes religion so dangerous. It, that's Wait. what makes people start controlling people by telling them what it's supposed to be like, right. what and it I'm should be and what now, you should do with your life and what is a good life and what's the best for you and what's right. your potential. And Which is why all I'm saying that this is an
0: individual thing. You have to approach it as an individual. And this is where meditation right. and finding your own Tao comes in uh but that's
1: why art is so wonderful is because art is about individual perspective it's an expression that only one person can offer right that one but, person creating that art
0: and good art is something that one person can make that everyone can somehow understand everyone looks at and goes yeah i get that
1: <laughs> right but the nature of the universe doesn't give doesn't give a damn about art No, In the nature of the universe, it means something to us because we prescribe meaning to it, and it means something, it it gives us feeling, and it it inspires us, and it, it does things positive to us, but that doesn't make it positive. It just means that it's there. Yeah. So Buddhism is about finding the things that are just there. It's not saying that you should never deal with things that you enjoy or like or don't like. It doesn't mean that you should be happy in pain. It means that you can find a space between pain and happiness. It's right. Separate from it.
0: Now on that, I come to, um, actually, where I kind of learned, I can't even remember the passage, but Plato specifically was talking about how, um, yes, we don't want to feel bad, but it's foolish to, I'm very paraphrasing here, uh, it's very foolish to see happiness as the uh, goal that you should attain, where it is from contentment that you can act uh, towards happiness and towards unhappiness. Um, and um, that, I think, oh, sorry, that idea was very useful, I found, uh, in helping me. Uh, so the idea of contentment, rather, as the goal finding a your own baseline um, through the exploration of yourself Um,
1: I think that's what he was getting at though that was in the context of practicality the entire purpose for that was to be practical
0: just oh, yeah, that's like well, Plato. Yeah. <laughs> I took it outside of what Plato probably wanted me to take it as, but,
1: you know. What? No, that's what he was going for. That's how and, I interpreted it, too. But that, that's also the reason that somebody might be motivated to follow Buddhism, like the yes. philosophy, I mean. And it's different not because, not work because for they'll ever achieve it. it. That's, it's not to achieve something, though. And it's, not for, it's because it's practical and useful to people to find joy as much as it's there instead of overlooking it. Mm -hmm. That's the practical application of finding Buddhist Zen or the Tao. It's being able to accept things that you can't change more readily yeah. so that you can move on and be as least affected by them as possible where Mm -hmm. you don't want them and most affected as possible where you do want them.
0: Right. And I find that Buddhism itself isn't... It's just... hmm, How do I say this? It's something that wasn't just discovered by buddha because a lot of these things are mirrored in other places because if we were to take you what you just said out of context i would say that you've been reading marcus aurelius or seneca <laughs> but uh it's
1: mostly the, seneca
0: yeah um but uh that philosophy in itself has its drawbacks just like any other one we we, we reach half truths more than we reach full truths. Um, It's like, because it's like, oh, that sounds great. Suffer through, you know, get through it, adopt a stoic attitude, why? Well, because that's what the gods want. It's like, okay, wait, what? (laughs) That doesn't quite work. So I guess this would be called the moment of, um, what did he call it? Uh, Greenblatt called it the swerve. The moment at which a philosophy or a construct starts, uh, to no longer be useful and starts making stuff up so jumps the shark essentially um, you talk about forgiveness and all of a sudden we can only be forgiven by jesus it's like whoa wait um no we can forgive each other we, um,
1: or uh and therein lies the difference between a philosophy and a religion Though, getting back to what we were saying yes. before and the reason why we didn't want to talk about religion is because we want to acknowledge specifically that that type of thinking is not just not useful it's harmful
0: right and i actually haven't been talking about religion most of this time i don't know why you keep coming back to it Uh, like i keep
1: coming back to it because that's my focus that's how i discovered it i went to church four times a week when i grew up and i was raised christian and i found islam and buddhism after all of my religious studies so it's just my frame of reference Most white people's frame of reference is yeah. coming from that angle.
0: I went to Sunday school, but I, then I didn't really.
1: I could relate it to Brahmanism, but nobody would know what I'm talking about. The Brahman is the breath of all that is. It's the Tao, but it's before the Tao. Like we could talk yeah. about Brahmanism if you want, but it would mean nothing to the people listening. That's the it, problem.
0: Well, you got that that whole idea of Dharma would resonate with a lot of people, but then the structure of the caste system itself is. An atrocity of social construction um, but the dharma makes sense to me this is what i'm meant to do and when you know the, um sorry the metaphor is not coming out clear uh the uh, the sculptor first gets his hand on clay and he goes yeah i, I get this this makes sense to me you find your dharma um
1: that's sort of just one concept to help learn one thing.
0: Right, That's what so I like, never really So the other side
1: of that would be the Ducha, the D-U-Q-Q-H-A or something didn't like that. I break that
0: down, didn't I? Yes, the life is suffering.
1: <laughs> yes, but it's not just suffering, That's a bad translation. What it's actually yeah. saying is the things that are unknown and the things that cause pain are also considered part of suffering. Yes. Like emotional pain, I mean. Oh, yeah, But yeah. it's sort of like, it's an extension of suffering that we just use as an English term to sort of surmise it. That's not exactly what it's talking about. It's not saying that things are intrinsically negative. It's saying that we have negative feelings towards things that happen. Yeah, just like I was saying about... That's
0: where I was coming from. universe
1: um, is indifferent to whether or not there's life in it. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. It's, it doesn't make it good or bad. And it doesn't mean we can't make the most of it. And no, It doesn't I'm, mean that there are things that we enjoy and like, but it also doesn't mean that we can prescribe the universe to have positive things in it because we like them.
0: Yes. Now I think a lot of what the confusion was is because I was kind of switching perspectives there. So from a objective universal perspective, no, it doesn't matter what our feelings are. From a personal perspective, there are definitely positives and negatives. Um, But I know that those positives and negatives are defined by myself um, and my, uh, what do you call them, sensations. But they are like, yes, the objective reality doesn't care, but I'm not purely living in my objective reality. I have to live as a human.
1: But the universal truths that you speak of, they live in objective reality. That's why I'm bringing it up.
0: Right, but they- To find
1: universal truths, you have to find that objective reality and analyze it separately from your own intuitions. Oh yeah. Because your intuitions are fundamentally based on your nature.
0: But the other thing is that I can do is that I can take my uh, intuitions and sensory, uh, what do you call them? I can take those as, signposts so i can take it as evidence i'm feeling right. bad about this why i, That's what the I feel good about that yeah i feel good about this why and i can ask myself it's like okay this isn't neither good or bad but what about this interaction is making me feel like this and okay this pro- this provides joy how do i keep doing this with my life oh i can go get a job and get paid So
1: uh, So the Buddhist philosophy would be dissecting it to find out what part of that gave you joy and find that part in more things. Yes, Rather than doing more of the one thing, it means finding that one thing and spreading it out.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so like I understand that uh, sometimes it's like, oh, why am I so angry? Why am I so angry? Oh, speaking like you could easily say something like, because of my lot in life, I could be the blah, blah, blah It's like, no, it's because you haven't had a drink of water in six hours. Drink some water, you didn't sleep <laughs> good last night. Remove yourself from your conception, uh, and your, 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 like that's an imposition on reality of yourself. I'm suffering because uh I'm this class or I'm this gender or I'm this height or I'm uh I'm not strong as I should be or uh, something external to myself is keeping me from reaching my truth it's like no you have to be honest that your suffering is just well it just is and you well either you have to go this too shall pass, or, uh, you know, go to a doctor, or something that you think might help. You have to...
1: Yeah, you have to affect change.
0: Right, and that's honesty, is the thing that allows you to do that, I believe, the most. Uh, And honesty is not easy, especially with honesty to yourself.
1: Um, That's the hardest, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, knowing when you're lying to yourself is, like pivotal in discovering like the buddhist philosophy of how to live yeah i
0: feel like i came to a lot of these on my own uh because i saw how honesty was affecting my life when i was honest to myself i uh ended up uh doing better than when i wasn't uh but i think that it's a practice that um came from a lot place in my life, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but I was lucky.
1: I think that's typical. Everybody goes through the, yeah. not the same thing, but everybody has that self discovery that they go through. They just, yeah. they all have a different way, a different path or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So uh, for instance, an athlete, Athletics is a good example because it takes the same rigorous discipline as a religion does, where you self-impose constraints and you you follow the rules of the game and you strengthen yourself in certain specific ways to get good at it, right? Yeah,
0: I would often say... Putting a
1: hockey puck around doesn't help you negotiate um, trade deals or fiscal policy. Well, a hockey
0: player, hockey is their religion. That's it. Like... What, is, what religion are they? No, no, hockey is that person's religion. They can't
1: do what, it. What I'm getting at is that path is no less less right than someone else's. Yeah. You somebody got it. with family troubles or somebody with health issues or it's just another way of self-discovery because it's through the process of rigorously subjecting yourself to a, 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 an array of rituals, whatever you want to call them or decide them to be. It's helping you find something indirectly, not by pointing at it and saying, this is an example of what is right and true. It's by finding all variations of possibilities. So,
0: now that kind of points to a necessity of effort on the part of this, which points to uh, not the necessity of effort, which we can call well the the, the 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 willy-nilly application of effort is often useless which means that you need uh discipline and in every faith in every path there is the necessity for discipline uh-huh. and i think that discipline is something that would be really neat to go into
1: <laughs> I think that's mainly the purpose of meditation because it's hard to sit still for everybody Mm -hmm. to sit and clear your mind is notoriously difficult to do. Like I think that's why naturally we create arts. Like, that's why we've always done it right from the earliest sapiens. We've always had artistic expression and language is one of the biggest things we learned, because that let us convey the thoughts that we had from these, these self-expressions. Uh, it, it let us articulate them to other people who didn't have the same experiences as, as we did, but so that they can still get some of it through language, through right. speech. And when language is insufficient, you've got song. And when song is insufficient, you've got dance. And when dance is insufficient, you've got drawing, et etc. Et yeah. It's not that there is a right way to go about finding out truth. Everybody can find it in the way that best suits their own processing the way they gather from sensory perceptions in the world around them. So, so going into meditation and stuff, that's where you wanted to take that, right?
0: Well, I, I would already talked a lot about meditation and I don't really want to prescribe anything other than find some meditation thing that works for you. But um, I want to talk about discipline itself because I find it's something that really, really, Made my life a lot more bearable, Um, Mm -hmm. and it sucks. But and that's kind of the almost the like it sucks, but is something that is inherent to discipline, which is a kind of a weird way of putting it. Now that I hear it out loud, but um, it's kind of that harder path, that one that you that one that if you want to move forward in life which is kind of what we do as humans we just kind of move from one moment to the next um in more ways than one then you need discipline to engage yourself within that movement
1: and i think i'm putting that very vague but (laughs) Um, well yeah there there's nuance and then there's nuage right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's cloud cloud yeah, in French yeah, yeah. but um <laughs> i I guess what I would say discipline is it's a natural it's our natural way of rationalizing things because our brains are are well adapted to learn reasoning, but reasoning isn't the first thing our brains learned how to do no. What I mean so, uh, we're, <laughs> we, we haven't reached the apex of evolution. We're still evolving. It's just it's such a slow process it looks static.
0: Yeah and do well we're at the, we're in this form now, but uh, honest well there's apex, we don't really know where it's going next. it could be anything. Yeah,
1: exactly. but this is what gets us to the apex. It's through philosophical intrigue that gets right. us there. It, it's so, not going to be through any other activity. right because everything else is just how we subsist it's how we eat and feed we're just bioreactors we we convert energy and spend energy that's all we do right because how we entropy temporarily
0: (laughs) Well, so i kind of we kind of got into this before when i was saying like we have information we have the ability to do but how do we direct that action and philosophy which is kind of a meditation on sorry my brain's swimming around in circles um philosophy which is a tool that we can use to guide ourselves and it's almost like a a, a philosophy isn't so much of a a creed as a notebook that you kind of just fill up with your thoughts and see what's what's the right thing and you fill it up through the use of you know active thought meditation and that guides your actions um so and that's one.
1: really where I wanted to take this conversation, ultimately, yeah. too, is talking about the, like, how philosophy applies to everyday life. Right. I, th- I think it behooves us to consider the fact that science was philosophy before it was science. Natural empirical philosophy. study? <laughs> well, no, empirical study, like the act of measuring and observing things, is science. Right. And We've you need the philosophy. It. <laughs> but you need the philosophy of... Like I'm going to do this methodically. That's a philosophy. Before you can even have science, you need to identify it, and that's what philosophy is. You yeah. gotta. It's the it's the guide. It's the posts. It's the it's the monuments that uh, like not milestones because milestones tell you how far you've gone. It's more like a monument that shows you where you are. Mm-hmm. So. For instance, you can't have math unless you decide to start counting things. And if you decide to start counting things, you have to develop arithmetic, which has rules. Those rules are prescribed by logic and reasoning, which is done through philosophical introspective.
0: I disagree to an extent as we just because we didn't have a word for it doesn't mean we couldn't do it. Um, and a lot of times, well, without
1: the word, the process would still be philosophical in nature, even if you didn't have the word philosophy.
0: Right. You'd so you get people still like,
1: be doing philosophy.
0: Right. So the method of like people accidentally did the method of science. They use the scientific method accidentally all throughout history. You know, some guy cool. making uh, like six thousand years ago was making fish hooks out of fish bones, going like. I'm going to try a whole bunch of different types of fish hooks and different types of bones. Maybe I can make a better fish hook. And he does it and he sits there and he goes through the process and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, that guy, that's the fish hook guy. We, 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 we you know. But they didn't know how to take advantage of it very well because they hadn't, uh, we didn't have uh, the um, structures of passing things on. We didn't have the uh knowledge um processes that we do nowadays where we uh you know just a simple thing as a book um that
1: you yeah, know that's high-tech technology right
0: there <laughs> right And yeah, we, we do take <laughs> these things for granted and it's like oh it's just you know an oppressive way of knowing it's like no this is a way of moving information from one generation to the next
1: uh well, because in one brain to the oh, other like right? it's not like we're sending electrons from one to the other or connecting neurons or anything right Right. You just make perturbations and error, like, to make sound, and then your your ear oscillates and interprets sound in, and recognizes, like, tone and cadence and in, intonation and nuance. Right. Like, it, it's, it's absolutely astounding how much, um, like, mental faculties are required for just communicating. Well, so before we a, had uh, language to describe things like we're talking right now like metaphysics couldn't be described in primitive languages you no. had to have the discussion even if it was about nothing you had to have the discussion about fish to make up a story of fish being god
0: yeah it's, well,
1: it's... it's the process that evolved our language it's not that we talked about the right things or did the right way or followed the right rules the process of talking developed our language such that we could develop philosophical. St- uh, material to discuss. Right. And it's not because they, they were told or focused or knew the path or knew where to go. It just, it, it went where it went because of evolution. Right. And
0: then 400 years ago they itself. just look, They looked at themselves and, uh, we as a human as a race looked at ourselves and we found something that worked and we're like, Whoa, what do we call this thing that we're doing? <laughs>
1: yeah. And every it's time like... you need a new word to describe a really complex set of ideas, yeah, you can, you can teach a word or write a word and put it in a book and explain it. Well, they called it natural, natural philosophy everybody can for learn.
0: a couple hundred years, but then that was like, well, no, this doesn't really like this doesn't really do the trick anymore. So we need to call it so science now.
1: I want to apply that thought and that context to discipline. The purpose yeah, yeah. of our discipline. What I'm conjecturing, and this is just my opinion, my philosophy. But in this case, what I'm saying is the discipline itself is like learning to speak philosophically when you had primitive language there was no way for the primitive language to know where it was going to take those people because they couldn't think that far ahead but right. as we evolved just from practice just from doing things and stretching the limits and bounds of our capacities as humans that that's what reaches enlightenment that's what shows us the light
0: right and we kind of stumbled into things
1: that worked. And then, gave. Well, them. yeah, like electronics, <laughs> we all, we had Boolean logic before we had transistors and logic gates, right? Where right. We well, had look, at Babbage and, first.
0: look at Babbage's
1: uh, engine
0: there, which mm. used a very similar thing. And they hadn't come up with digital for
1: another 80 years. Uh, yeah, but it, it's from stretching it's that by having but <laughs> <laughs> But by having like Venn diagrams of concepts that we just tug and pull and poke at. Right.
0: New ways of it. It's not at the
1: things. end goal that we're trying to get at because nobody was trying to invent a microprocessor with 2 billion transistors in it. Right. We we're just trying to push the boundaries of what they currently had available to them. And because that's sort of what philosophy is meant to do.
0: Well, it's, those people it's have the
1: thing that drives us.
0: Those people have the discipline to sit down and do the math. And mm-hmm. I think what we're kind of getting to is that if you want to understand yourself better you need to sit down and do your own math but Mm -hmm. that means meditation that means what happens when you clear your mind What, what images come up and what happens when you um what happens when you're tired well meditate then what happens when you're keyed up try meditating then and just find different ways of finding yourself look at yourself from different yeah. angles and do what and it works. doesn't mean
1: sitting in the lotus position and grounding yourself and memorizing all the dharmas and chakras
0: no and that's why it i was do so the critical thing that gets aesthetics. you into that
1: mental yeah. yeah that's why i was so critical that's, of that's the superficial that you're
0: yeah right that's exactly right Superficial. that's the word because i've i i do agree that it is different for everybody like a river helped with me uh, I would just go mm-hmm. down to the river and that's what got me to that spot where I could hear myself hear my gears you know, and see which ones needed oiling and maybe which way I needed to go am I facing the right direction uh, in my life or is this right where do I need to push harder here or do I need to slacken off there A or B and like these are the things the questions that you ask but you're not going to answer them properly unless you sit down and with discipline give them the respect that those problems deserve and mm-hmm. it's not intuitive to just sit down and not think about the problem <laughs>
1: because I, I think some parts of it is though like oh, when yeah. everybody loves lego if you sit and play with lego and you lose an hour of your life and you don't know where it went to that's meditation we've lost an hour of my life if it's you're like, chopping did you? <laughs> did you but i mean that that's one thing I'd like to underscore, too, is the fact that meditation isn't what it looks like. Meditation is things that we all do regularly and don't think about it. Right. Like you said, bathing, having a bath or bathing is it's yeah. meditation, your self-care, all those things they teach you to treat depression and anxiety and stuff. That's all Buddhist philosophy. It may not be Buddhism that they're teaching, but it's Buddhist philosophy for sure. Right. right through and through.
0: And it doesn't really matter if we have different names for it, if we found a truth. Uh, but at the same time, I want to get into something that uh, is happening in present society, too. Um, mm-hmm. And this might be, is that um, if we have something, well, there's, there's that old truth, that old proverb, too much of a good thing. Uh, and you get a lot of people finding Zen moments in something like a video game, and then not... Leaving their
1: uh, that um, I think that's more related to addiction than it is, right? Now, because you can find peace with drugs, but that's not, yeah, useful.
0: I'm very dubious, (laughs) I mean,
1: like heroin or something, yeah. I'm not talking about medication, but
0: no, but I am very dubious about the use of you know, overuse of psychoactive psychoactive substances to. Having some sort of Ursatz enlightenment through substance, yeah. you I'm know. I'm not saying is...
1: that people shouldn't do drugs or play video games, but I'm saying it's not the same thing as meditation. Like yeah. you can play games and be meditating, but not all gaming is meditative.
0: That's no. And I I feel like there's uh, something which I kind of wrote down here is that there's a there is things that you have to avoid um, false truths. Um, mm-hmm. So this feels right. I'm gonna do it. Yeah, but no, it's actually discordant. It feels right, but it's harming you. You are on a path that you yourself would not enjoy. And we all, we like these things, I'm, I'm making it sound all you know, high and mighty, but like overuse of substances or, or, or some of the obvious ones, but maybe you just have a jerky attitude when you approach other people and you don't realize it uh, because this is the right this is the way you're supposed to do it um and you it's that's why you do need that meditation to find that uh i keep coming back to the idea of discord and discordance but it's not it's a prevailing theme. yeah I, I like it. I keep using it because it works in my head, but uh,
1: <laughs> you should, though. It's, it's part of the teaching. So it works.
0: Yeah, but um, I feel like that there are um, There are definitely false truths that a lot of us do fall into um,
1: That's what philosophy does though is it breaks those apart. It stops right. taking all your assumptions for granted and says, okay, if love is a good thing we should be able to dissect it and it should still be a good thing after we dissect it right it's about having ideas and criticizing all of them equally
0: yeah and even if you know it's like what is love and then we we dissect it and we find okay it's not exactly what we thought it was at the first but i can still say it's maybe a good it's thing even
1: better yeah
0: okay we, we this is now we know it's necessary even but though it's not that's what same.
1: i discovered about love over my life is one of the biggest things i learned was love multiplies it never divides
0: yeah and it's kind of infinite and it sounds simple <laughs> like
1: you have two kids you don't think less of the first kid or the second kid right you, you yeah. just love two now <laughs> but it's like, that it's idea like, to me was I like form. this one
0: because this one doesn't punch me in the
1: balls every day <laughs> <laughs> but no but <then laughs> that's the thing you could like one kid more than the other but it doesn't mean you love them more like, that's a yeah. completely separate thing, too. And it's stuff like that that you figure out by criticizing your own your own preconception. And your, yeah. your prejudices, basically, they're prejudices. And I think we've...
0: A lot of these things have a lot of names that we have nowadays, but because wisdom takes a lot of forms. But... I feel like you do need to, and the discipline is the way that you avoid uh, false truths. Oh, I'm playing video games 24 hours a day. Well, maybe, well, it feels right. It's just, just, uh, this feels right. It's like, okay, man, but um, watch out. Like, that's all I can say. But, you know, if, uh, if it was me, I'd probably want to enforce myself with discipline to not do something like that. But at the same time, too much of a, too much discipline, I need, like, I need to force myself with discipline to not keep chugging along with work, or, you know, I need to take a break, I need to not just work myself to death. Well, I'm not tired. Well, no, you have insomnia. That doesn't mean that you're not, <laughs> yeah. just because you're not asleep doesn't mean you need to be, like, going.
1: Uh, And that's what true wisdom is. It's knowing that even though your body is telling you not to sleep, that you need sleep and doing it anyway. Like that's maturity that that comes with age. That's something you can't just teach people. But I mean, it doesn't just come because you get older either. It comes with age and practice. So practicing Buddhism is different from studying Buddhism. You can study Buddhism and know all about all the words and all the, the special methods and pictorials and, rituals, but that's not learning the essence. It's a that's good way to learning the teach sophia. courses on
0: Buddhism. It's a good way to get a teaching position at a university, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's useful if you're trying to learn what Buddhism is to know what other people are doing with it. That's perfectly valid information to learn, but it's not the same thing as practicing Buddhism or practicing a philosophy and knowing a philosophy are two different things. Right. I say knowing because knowing is like a bad word in English. Yeah. At least in like Spanish and French or whatever, you have like connaître and savoir. Yeah. Or uh, conos, and
0: you're aware sabo.
1: and you have uh there's one's awareness, another is a um familiarity. Yeah is the best it's like, word for it.
0: Yeah, I know so that being
1: familiar with a person, but you can know a number of things.
0: Yes. Um but like a lot of that recently has been
1: made a lot more
0: cloudy by uh, certain things like um, epistemic criticism of uh, knowledge itself. You can't know anything. It's like, yeah, obviously, but like I do know a few things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know nothing. It has to be something. Yeah. What is it that you know? I don't know exactly, but it's something like this.
0: I feel like a but lot that, of that that's... is a
1: trap that's
0: just an ambiguity that is placed on so that you can say whatever you want. Um,
1: because if you don't yeah. know anything, then anyone anyway, it's
0: like, okay, no rules.
1: That really triggers me actually, because, uh, and I say that lightheartedly, not literally, but, it, uh, <laughs> yoga, when yoga became a, a really big fad in the last 10, 20 years, um, yeah. as a practicing Buddhist, I just, it, I found it really funny how people would do yoga and not, do yoga (laughs) you know what I mean like they go to the classes and they do it like three times a week and know absolutely nothing about themselves through the process but they've memorized the positions and the names of the positions yeah like stretching I can do that at home (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) it's like studying philosophy and not knowing philosophy I think I remember hearing
0: a bunch of like actual yoga yogis uh who kind of roll their eyes at uh you know hot yoga classes and stuff like that
1: but yeah and they chuckle usually yeah like, it's like oh, you're most teaching. buddhists find it's it cute. funny how people it's like oh cute <laughs> well, <laughs> nice try keep at it <laughs> and one of the problems i have with
0: the oh, one of the problems i have with um that is that in the north america at least we do have this tendency to um trivialize certain concepts to make them palatable. Um, for instance, mm. the idea of karma as it's, ex- as it's a, explained by Western
1: New Age religious people. Uh, like an which, elastic band that snaps you.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, the thing is, is that it snaps you, you know, in an indeterminate amount of time, whereas karma is originally understood to be an elastic band that snaps you in the next life it builds up and it doesn't. It's just kind of like you fill in a bucket of, uh, you know, bucket and then the bucket's given to
1: you. That's why I laugh. It's funny. They, they yeah. treat it like it snaps you like an elastic band, but it doesn't.
0: Yeah, it's asinine. And yeah. it's like, oh, you know, I must have done something good recently. It's like, oh, really? Maybe you should just do <laughs> good things all the time
1: and not care about whether or not it comes back to you. Um, yeah, by that logic, Trump would be like a homeless person. yeah like like, it's just not how the world works but then
0: if also if you go from that like it also it's also like perspective so one man's karma is another man like one man's good karma is another man's bad karma so
1: but from a rocks perspective any experience of life any experience of joy and happiness is better than or not better but more than it would have experienced otherwise yeah which is why the worst human life is more fulfilling or rewarding than the most the richest rock life
0: right which is why we should be grateful to have it and use it wisely and find better ways to use it as wisely as possible because this is some just weird stop stuff expecting we...
1: the universe to do what we want it to do like a lot of people just act like they can they can use their mind and impose their will on the universe by like positive thinking it's just it's not how physics
0: works yeah like um there was that um uh, movie that came out uh
1: decade or so ago, uh, like what the bleep? Do a we secret know? or something, right? But the
0: secret was uh, especially um, heinous at that. Um, uh, but you know, everyone that's uh, successful in life has known this, and you don't know this because you're not successful. It's like, oh wow, I didn't know. Yeah. I guess I was headed to the gutter.
1: But it's it's it's, yeah. it's 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 a pyramid scheme of thought, is all it is.
0: Yeah, and you get like, what the bleep do we know? Uh, like, look, we put happy words on water and we put negative words on water and then we froze them and looked at their crystals and look how angry these water
1: crystals are. It's like, no, that's okay, what I, I want to go into that though, because what the bleep do we know, I thought was like life changing to me. Not because it. of the ans- not because of the answers it provided, but it, it like made mainstream of philosophy, of irreducible complexity of organisms, like the thought of breaking things down. To to like it's deductive reasoning to life and consciousness, so it, it's not the fact that they got it right or wrong. I love the fact that they talked about it. Yeah, like that they were looking and poking and prodding and seeing what what came out of it. Like waking life, have you ever seen that? Waking uh, life? No, I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, that, that's a mind bender. And it's not because of a story or anything. It's just a bunch of random ramblings. (laughs) Some dude walking around talking. I mean, I don't want to give away the... No, but like that's... To me, you can find that in literature.
0: Like some guys... everywhere.
1: And that's what I didn't
0: like about, you know, The Secret and What the Bleed Do We Know is that they take those things that people are actually doing. People more effectively, like uh, Carl Sagan, uh, for example, to bring him up again, is that you have this person who's examining the universe and not ignoring how we fit into that universe. And the, these shallow attempts uh, miss the mark and they make it seem like, no, don't worry. All you have to do is this simple thing And are To me, it's charlatanry when it requires discipline and those who are actually doing good jobs of it are definitely uh, showing discipline. Um, to do it because science takes discipline. And science is definitely a meditation. To uh-huh. sit there and prepare 300 vials and then wait and three painstakingly weeks. Painstakingly citate. Yeah, Painstaking setting yeah. up uh, laboratories and experiments. These are not uh, easy things to do and they take careful planning. They take intricate uh, work and dedication on a level that was almost monastic, uh, and I've heard from, uh, multiple people that have done, uh, scientific, like, science there, uh, people that do science in my, uh, family, nice. that, um, the, um, that there is a, uh, there is an element of personal meaning that they get out of it, uh, and it's not just a job Um, and I feel like that's a truth that they've come to irrespective of someone telling like, it's okay. All you have to do is this one thing, but there isn't just one thing that you need to learn. And there's not just one thing you need to know. There's a, it's an approach. You need to Uh approach life, not here's the rules I need to know. And it doesn't
1: matter which way you approach it. You just need to approach it some way right life is all around you you just have to step
0: right and you know walk forward and don't doesn't matter if you stumble one of the things that you learn is uh you know make a decision is it a good decision i don't know you made a decision that's all you needed to do and
1: that's be and so that's the buddhist philosophy yeah oh, go ahead sorry, sorry i was just i was I gonna I was, say the buddhist philosophy just in line with what you were saying there would be like Stepping forward is another Western tradition of getting to somewhere. And a Buddhist would say stepping anywhere. Oh, like, yeah. That's still progress.
0: Well, to me, because you're exploring the foot, world
1: around you. To me, stepping so I forward understand. is
0: taking that first step. I don't know where yeah, I'm going. Yeah, it's a metaphor. I'm yeah. going to start yeah. going that direction, but I don't know where I'm going after that. And mm-hmm. that's okay. I just, I need to know that, you know, you know put this foot here. And that's because that foot's the hardest foot. And the second foot's a little easier. And then the third foot's even easier. You got a bit more momentum. And now you're going this way. It's like, oh, I should have gone that way. No, no, no. Ignore that way right now. Just go ahead.
1: Go this way. You got a good momentum. Because every path. And then you can trip and you can roll to the side. And then you can fall backwards and you can stumble over. Like, it doesn't just move. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you got to do but I think that's what's often overlooked with philosophy is people look for this practical thing that it does for you. They look for the answers out of philosophy, and they ignore the fact that the process of philosophy is what got us everything we enjoy today. Yes. It's the reason we can enjoy pleasure around us even though there's so much pain and hardship. Right. It's not because we followed Buddhism. It's because we have philosophy just inherent to our nature.
0: Right, and philosophy is not just without Aristotle harnessing or, Plato, it. or Plato. It's also... He's like philosophy is like who well, who do I follow it's like follow them all. <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's like your family values, you know, yeah. like looking after your parents when they're elderly and looking after your kids when they're young. It's things we do naturally that's just philosophically relevant that we take for granted because it's part of our nature. But when right. when you cultivate it, when when you curate um nurture it and like that's what meditation and discipline and and exercise and food and like yeah. studying all these things that we're talking about do for you it it, it widens the scope of your potential for right. a fulfillment in life that's what it does for you i think this is a i think this
0: is a good uh place to start winding Cap it off.
1: down yeah
0: um, one last thing i probably want to say to anyone that's still viewing is mm-hmm. that don't Sell yourself short, either. Just because you think you, your philosophy philosophies for high flute and like doesn't matter. Give it a try. Go try something. Go read something. Your yeah, engagement literate, just listen to it. Your engagement <laughs> itself is better than anything else. So engage. It doesn't matter how how you think. and don't just engage in one direction. So i think mm-hmm. that's my final thought
1: my final thought would be everything that we know and love that we can say that we know everything that the smartest genius knows was something that was developed and prescribed by a philosopher first you had to first come up with a hypothesis or a conjecture and a a way of looking at it and observing it and a study and a reason for doing it everything that can be known and is known by even the biggest genius out there um their words and teachings are just shortcuts so that you don't have to take the long route, but you can take the long route if you would, choose to.
0: Would you include artists in that
1: in philosophy? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so yeah. Because just... all, all of art to me is just an expression, and philosophy is the discovery of expression. So yeah. I, I'd encapsulate even rituals like um, singing hymns, memorizing passages of the Bible, if that's your thing. how about but just don't take that literally like you don't have to say because revelation was written that it absolutely must be true that angels are going to run down on earth and start slaughtering people with swords like Or even <laughs> don't take up. it too seriously Yeah, <laughs> Buddha's always laughing Yeah, there's He's, a always reason he got a smile on his face. There's a reason for it. It's because okay. irony and misery is funny I think he I actually do have it. my Buddha right here and this little red guy is my Buddha.
0: <laughs> I do have one up
1: there <laughs> Uh, I make a point to laugh at all my misery.
0: Oh, it's hilarious!
1: It's I got to be there.
0: I uh, I got hit. I got a scar here recently, about a year ago, and I was laughing all the way to the hospital, joking with, going up to the nurse, going, "Guess what happened to me?" Because <laughs> it's, it's hilarious.
1: it's it's it's, yeah i used to joke like even in the operating room right before they put you under i joke with the nurses keep your hands to yourself
0: yeah i don't (laughs) want to hear any ticking after you You better have that watch on when you
1: when i wake up yeah don't lose your watch dr (laughs) nick (laughs) so i think that's a good place to. it doesn't mean you gotta laugh at dead people it just means that you can't be mad when other people laugh at dead people
0: or laugh at you
1: or laugh at you yeah like who cares if they think you're funny or funny looking or you know, weird or yeah. If you can't study and you're dumb, that doesn't mean you're less of a person. Dumb people are still people. Like it's okay to be dumb. I'm dumb. Like, you know, not every way possible, but um, there's there's no right way to be human. So, no. when Buddhism's all about shedding that desire of having that end goal, and if you'll uh, be a lot less hard on yourself for failures and take them more positively if you can realize that it's not the end of the world yeah yeah all right well cool uh, well thank you much for engaging yeah thank always you. appreciate your perspective and
0: yeah this is fun patience. uh thank you everybody for watching
1: and getting to this point uh i'll see you next time next episode hold on hold on next episode What what's your thoughts for uh subject coming up uh purpose i'm gonna put you on the spot here yeah <laughs> um mm.
0: I've been wanting to talk about the uh, uses and purpose of uh, history um, and uh, how it's kind of this thing that we can't really lose uh, and how history itself is, as a profession, kind of going about its thing. Uh, I wouldn't mind putting something together on that. Uh, You also did mention a uh teleological look at society which would be interesting although uh that would be fun but i I'd, think uh, i'd love his, to
1: do one on market systems
0: yeah I that would be you u-centric episode
1: uh also <laughs> probably. Um, we megan has
0: uh megan's still uh in december probably will do a uh episode on opiates uh where i will MC oh, yeah. because i don't know very much about them but Chris will uh, interrogate. Um, he <laughs> loving me, drug. Yeah. Más
1: <laughs> <So. laughs> drogas.
0: So uh, we'll see next week once we get this up.
1: So. Up in the air.
0: Yep. We'll see you guys around the corner.
1: Mm, frivolous gravitas. Yep. Bye. Bye.